More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. On this episode of the Family Business Voice, we speak to Neus Filiou, partner at Landsberg Gersig Advisors, about her work on the Family Enterprise Global Survey on Generational Perspectives. This important study indicates stress areas that family businesses might want to focus on, while also breaking down stereotypes about generational perspectives in family enterprises. Next gens and current leaders might not be as different from each other as we may think. Enjoy this episode with news. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Family Business Voice. I am joined here today by News Filiou, who is a partner at Landsberg Gersig Advisors. Hi News, welcome to the show. Um, hello Ramya, and thank you so much for your invitation. I'm delighted to be here today. Fantastic. And we can't wait to talk to you today because you are bringing us something we love on the Family Business Voice, and that is new research. So we're specifically talking about the Family Enterprise Global Survey on Generational Perspectives, which has the cheeky subheader, current and next generation family business owners aren't so different after all. So first off, news, we'd like to hear about who you did this research with and how it came about. And then we want to know more about the findings that this subheader implies. Yes, well, this study was born out of a first more focused uh, one, analyzing the different generational perspectives among uh, some enterprising families in Chile and Spain. And we did this with John Martinez uh, of Este Business School in Chile. And we used it for a presentation with business families in Santiago de Chile some time ago. As we noticed, a decreased interest in younger generations joining the family enterprise and increased concern and activity by business owning families to engage them. So there were interesting results that we share with colleagues and we were able to bring in other institutions from other places to the global study. And it really was a, a great learning experience to collaborate with Kellogg Business School from the US, the IFEM Tech de Monterrey from Mexico, the Hong Kong University of Science and, and Technology from China and Estade Business School from, from Spain. And, and this group together, we developed a comprehensive survey to understand the interests and perceptions of members of different generations that belong to enterprising families in these parts of the, of the world, collecting more than 1,300 complete responses. So our aim with this study was to discover whether younger generations are really different from the older ones in the family enterprise. And another issue that we were very eager to learn about was the kind of support that young generations expect from older ones in their development to become leaders of, of the future. And you mentioned uh, earlier about this, the title, no? current and next generation family business aren't so different after all. And as I said, we set out to identify these cross-generational differences that may cause challenges as generations work together, but we found more similarities than differences. And, and, we, know, and we know that this is contrary to popular belief, but according to our findings, they do not see the world as differently as we may think. 
And although, of course, there are some interesting discrepancies that sometimes related to country or whether they have children or not, or to gender as well. But Neus, like, to be honest with you, that prejudice that you're talking about, that we expect there to be such huge differences between generation is massive, right? Like, and it's also kind of underlined by mainstream media. Do you think this is a self-fulfilling prophecy then in that case, that we go in expecting huge differences and we make the differences maybe and don't focus on the similarities? With different generations in particular, there is a tendency no, to think that the younger generation is inexperienced, that they are too open to risk or that they lack the maturity to take decisions. And younger generations tend to think that their seniors are not ready for the transformation and dynamism that the business requires. And many families fearing conflict and aiming to avoid it, they do not talk about it, either at the business level or not at the ownership level. And, and then these perceptions get set in stone. It's wonderful, isn't it, how family businesses were like the biggest factories of misunderstandings in the world. Like, you know, you want a misunderstanding, you come to us, we will produce one for you. It's like, it's incredible. People fear conflict so much. And sometimes people think like conflict is um, kind of like when family business is successful or if um, it's a good environment, that conflict is zero, it's going to not exist. And conflict is unavoidable. It's part of nature, it's part of, of, of groups, of humanity in, in a way. So this is why it's so important to work on effective communication. What was a clearly shared priority between generations according to the research? Well, I would like to highlight two areas. The first one is a strong identification of both generations with the family and the business. And this is remarkable in the case of younger generation, as the usual assumption, again, is that the younger members are more detached from the family business, even that they are not yet involved uh, in relevant positions, or maybe because they are not yet shareholders, or because they want or to make their own path in the world. Whereas, in fact, the younger generation in the survey firmly places the family and the family enterprise as part of their identity. Although women less than men, but we can talk about that later. So, so family enterprises can highly benefit from the potential psychological ownership of next generations to continue with the family legacy. And so that with the time they can make this legacy their own. Another important learning from the data is that generations align on business agenda and with the priorities being that the business needs to assume a final goal or purpose that is not just to obtain economic profits. The focus on sustainability with all generations, seeing economic development and provision of employment as one of the top priorities, and the need to implement and improve business practices related to training and talent attraction and, and, and retention, which is also a key issue. And so despite this broad convergence, a younger generation members see greater need for a strategic change with regard to digital transformation, sustainability, and professionalization, which I think is also something that we, we can understand. No? These are strong commonalities to talk about. These are strong commonalities to bond over, more than enough, you'd say, to ensure the continuity of the family enterprise, right? Like This is a strong commonalities because they are part of the, of what, should be the strategy and the vision for the future of the family enterprise as a whole. 
there is a prejudice that favors that millennials or younger generations are generally more focused on ESG agendas and sustainability. And you just confirmed that that in essence seems to be true. According to your data, is this a well-founded assumption that this next generation is more concerned with this topic than previous generations? What we've learned from our data is that generations align on how much they prioritize specific goals related to sustainability. And another interesting data is that there are less focus on sustainability that we have might expected. And that they are less focused on the environment that may have been assumed as well. Do you think family enterprises go with trends as well? Because we're seeing, of course, like the, the climate discussion really climbing climbing the ladder at the moment. Do you expect when this research gets repeated at some point, there to be a significant shift? Well, I think that families need at one point to, within the SAG, they need to prioritize as well. And also we need to take into account that this, this survey was, was made during COVID. And maybe during this time, all the uncertainty all the social unrest that many countries were going through, like kind of globally, maybe this impacted the way that uh, respondents respond to the survey. And so giving more importance to more goals that were more short-term focus on the economy, on, on, on making countries be more able to address the challenges that we're facing, like, and maybe less with the environment, which you look to more long-term. And of course, the environmental discussion sometimes seems to be the hardest thing to change, right? Like, and this also maybe why it's like, it's, and the other two, the S and the G sometimes are the, the premise to even uh, improve environmental impact, right? Like, so that's the, that's the challenge. Yeah. Exactly. And they have a more short-term impact in, into their businesses as well. But also I think that um, there, there are all these conversations about environment. So I think that the environment is on the agenda already. And maybe there are other issues like inclusiveness, like um, uh, quality of education, like the social unrest that many, many countries are, are going through that are not so much on the agenda. And maybe um, this was an opportunity for families to say, hey, we are also worried about all those things. What concerns you also as a, as a researcher and consultant, you must have seen areas where you're like, if, we, if they don't start agreeing on this, it's gonna be a problem. So what were the biggest disagreements that you saw? So there is one important thing that generations do not agree on. So next gen and the seniors, have a different view regarding what it takes to be prepared to live. And, and this is very important because as families need to be mindful of the steps they need to take to develop their next gen, to develop and to involve their next gens into their family enterprise, being the family office, the family business or the foundation. And both generations agree about the importance of gaining practical knowledge but the younger is much less focused on learning the organization way of doing things from their elders. And, and this may suggest the younger generation's desire for greater change within the organization instead of a focus on current ways of working. And, and younger generations also believe that their seniors can support them in developing these soft skills and leadership skills and with a clear roadmap for their career path, which is something that they are 
finding missing in, in, their, in their families. So they want mentorship, you feel, but it's not there. It's not structured. It's not available. They want a structured development path and roadmap for them within the enterprise. I think that family enterprises sometimes repose themselves on the assumption that just because there's skin in the game, because there's ownership, potentially, that that's enough incentive. Exactly. A lot of HR questions had to be asked inside the family enterprise and some of them more disagreeable than others. And I think this is one of them, right? Like, do your next gens actually know where they're going? Uh, Do they know what their opportunities are? Yeah. And then when you have talented next gen, because I'm seeing a lot of families with great talent in their third and fourth and fifth generations, when they are talented, they have many, many opportunities outside the family enterprise. They can be entrepreneurs. They can, I mean, they are offered good opportunities. So if you want to retain them, if you want them to be part of the project, you need to have a very clear structure. Did the survey talk about the psychology of ownership here? Like, did you find any sort of like specific discrepancies between generations as to how they approach ownership, how they see ownership? So this is one of the key learnings, I think, from from the data, that there is this engagement, this perception that, you know, we are part of this and we want to be part of this in the future. And as we've just said, many young generations in the survey responded that they would like to to be part of it and they are ready to to prepare for, for the role. So I think that the psychological ownership aspect is there. The thing is, how can you then move from that so that you can engage them to be part of it? Because one thing is to feel like it's part of your identity. The other thing is to feel like that you 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 have a role there. It's important to talk about the fact that this any generation that follows this one or even this one compared to the previous one will include a more diverse pool of next gen owners and a diversity that is primarily characterized by the fact that there's going to be more women involved now as compared to before when the, I guess, the primogenitor was taking care of the of the pruning of the family tree ultimately. And, and so this is an interesting development. And I, I was wondering whether inside the survey, you could sense that creating also a difference in how the generations perceived their roles in the family enterprise. There is a difference between men and women. In I, I would say that it's across generations and also across countries. And I think it is important to take into account. Women feel less identified with the family business and with continuing with the business tradition of the family than men. And, and so women seem to be less identified with the business part and more interested in family, more interested in philanthropic giving and caring for the environment, which is also interesting. And I think that we can understand why. So, but they are less interested, as I said, to be involved in the family business. Also in most of the countries survey, women also aspire less to senior executive and board roles. So, uh, so one of the learnings is that we may pay attention, we must pay attention to women in the family business as they are, as you said, the, very fundamental part of the talent pool of entrepreneurial families, but also given the the growing number of women owners and increased interest, as you were saying, uh, globally in diversity in the workforce, driving more engagement and interest of women in family enterprises may be a priority. I think everyone would like this topic to move faster than it actually does. And it doesn't, right? Like, and that's why it's so important to highlight this because 
why would women not aspire to these roles? Because it, to many of them, it must feel like a lost cause. It must feel like something they don't want to quote unquote, waste their energy on. And I think that means that the family businesses still have a long way to go sometimes in creating a work environment that is inclusive. What this study can help families doing is that to highlight the issues that they need to be discussed and they need to be talked and they need to put on the agendas. And so this is one, and this is an important one. And we discuss this within the group of researchers and you find a lot of people that tells you, this is only happening in some countries, but not in others. We are more, we've made more progress, you know, in Europe or in other places. And what we've learned from this research is that it's <laughs> it's it's the same everywhere. The same. I mean, the the issue in all the countries, women feel less identified. And we have, I mean, we have China, we have the U.S., we have Chile, we have Mexico, we have Spain as one of Europe, country from Europe. And in cross board, the women feel less identified and aspire less to leadership and, and board roles. So we need to pay attention to that. I always say for women or for any minority in the family business, the biggest friends that you have are technology and governance. Tell us about what the survey sort of revealed about the role of governance and how different perspectives are from different generations on that topic. So there is more interest across the world to participate and to contribute to the business and ownership uh, governance. Um, however, there is a lagging interest in family governance among generations. And this is something also that we need to pay attention and is a warning sign since Family governance carries out very important tasks for the continuity of the shared project, like the vision, the engagement, the values, the legacy, revising and updating the legacy for the future. How do we involve family? All those conversations about, you know, what are our priorities as a family? What is the role of women for the future? So there is a lagging interest in family governance among generations. And this is something that also we need to, one of the, uh, conversations that need to be included in the massive governance. Massive red of, flag, massive red flag, basically, yeah. because it's, yeah. it's uh, yeah. And, and especially, I think, in young generations, what are the messages, as, again, that we send them on the importance of family, on the importance of what the family wants, what are the values, what are the things that make us unique within the, you know, as a family enterprise, um, so, so I, we think, uh, that this is another issue that families need to pay attention to and, um, trying to, when thinking about in which ways we develop the next generation, in which ways we engage the next generations, how do we place the importance of the family system in this, in the messages that we send to them? So what about the differences between culture? Were you equally surprised in finding so many similarities across cultures or did you feel like there were clear distinctions in terms of like how respondents reacted to your questions? There was an overall global alignment in findings. Um, of course, with some country specific, some country based differences that points out to unique cultural aspects of family enterprises, but also the unique challenges some, some countries may be facing at the time. For example, we see differences in the importance given to the development, uh, sustainable development goals and with respondents from Mexico perceiving the highest important for those 
across the world, which was at one point was kind of a for, for even for the team a surprise, like because maybe there were expectations from other countries, like you know, we are more advanced in that. So Mexico respondents from Mexico um, placed more importance for them in, in sustainable development goals. Respondents from the United States showed more interest in philanthropy, also across generations, which could be explained by the difference in culture and legal and tax frameworks by, by countries, which impacts a lot the way that we practice philanthropy. For example, another difference was in women participation in interest in the family enterprise, um, which is lower in respondents from Chile and China. And also this was something that they noted the research team from both countries. And in Spain, for example, the participation in family governance bodies, such as the Family Council, um, is higher than in the rest of the countries that participated in the study. And we felt like maybe this is, was due to all the hard work that uh, institutions like the Instituto de Empresa Familiar in Spain has been doing and education efforts from the Instituto on placing importance to the family side as well. But so there are some other differences, but I think that these were the, the most relevant ones. I guess my last question for you, which is basically, how optimistic are you about the survival rate of your respondents here in this survey? Like how, you know, how big do you see the dangers of family enterprise mortality in, in this generation? And how optimistic are you about multi-generational success? I am optimistic because I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of talent in next generations that are driving or that are putting pressures into their in their seniors to have the conversations that need to be to be made to, to, to really put on the agenda the issues that concern them and the way that they are seeing the future. And I think that the surveys or studies like this one can help owning families to create not just awareness, but to have some data to support a list of questions that their governance bodies need to address, to identify this list of topics that need to be discussed in their families as owners, but also in their governance body, things related to family, things related to business. What are the priorities? What are the challenges of today? In which ways we want to engage the next generation in which ways we can support our next generation so that they are more prepared to take the challenge of the future. And I'm hearing from different places that there is this concern about the lack of engagement of next gen, of even sometimes of family in relation to the family enterprise. And, and my experience is that sometimes this lack of engagement stems from family owners not being clear about how to become engaged and the roles that they are available to them. So engagement needs both a clear and compelling vision and a roadmap that makes this path for them for channeling the engagement clear. And you accomplish this um, with a strategic dialogue and, and honest communication. And I think that young generations are more open to talk, are more open to, to discuss, to debate, are more, for them it's easier to talk about, you know, difference, to talk about diversity, to, to talk about many things that maybe for senior generations, they are not, they do not feel as much comfortable as the youngers. So I think that it's very important to, 
to, to create these spaces in which to talk about those things, to talk about legacy, to talk about the future, to sharing and being very clear about one's aspirations and expectations for the future. But to do it, I always tell the families that I work with, it's important to talk, but do it in a strategic way. Do it in a structured way as part of the work for continuity. So have a plan, build a plan, identify the issues that you need to talk about and begin to do it with time. And then through the communication, through the conversation, how do we enhance or how do we support families learning how to collaborate? Because collaboration is key and will become even more in the coming years as life expands. Uh, and so the need to, for all generations to live and work together, at least as owners, even if you don't work in the family enterprise, the next gen will become owners. So they will need to collaborate with the seniors. So do, don't try to go it alone. The, the lone wolf principle does not apply anymore here. And that's, uh, yeah, no, it's not the kind of time no. for that, is it? Yeah. It's not the kind of time and it's become, it's going to be even more important in the next following years, because if you do not learn how to collaborate, you are not very well positioned for the future. No, thank you so much for telling us more about this most interesting report. Again, it will be available for download below this podcast, and we hope that readers will enjoy a deeper read of it. Thank you for joining us on the Family Business Voice. Thank you, Ramya. It's always a pleasure talking and sharing with you. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.